This is Real Ghost Stories Online. I am Tony Bruschi. Hello and welcome to the podcast. No matter where you are joining us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, thank you for uh, downloading our show and uh, taking some time uh, to listen to some real ghost stories. We do it uh, every week or as often as we can because uh, uh, I love doing this just as much as you love listening to them. So uh, today's show, we are going to be uh, reading some listener-submitted ghost story letters. I've been getting these now for quite some time. Uh, and I figure, hey, you know what? It's probably time we share some of these. Got some pretty good ones uh, to share uh, involving a mystery box that a uh, man found in his backyard with a very mysterious message in it and some other stories of unexplained paranormal activity experienced by some of our listeners. Uh, also going to be uh, sharing real ghost story calls as well today, listener calls. So, uh, stay tuned for all of that. And if you have a real ghost story to share with us, go to realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, click that share your story button and do share your story with us. And if you'd like to share it on the air on a call, be sure to leave some contact information as well so we can get back in touch with you and uh, have you on a uh, future episode. Also, we are always looking for good episode ideas. There is a uh, topic a specific uh, case or haunting that uh, you are aware of or maybe even involved with, even better, let us know about it. Click that Share Your Ghost Story button at realghoststoriesonline.com and let us know about your real ghost story. Up to episode number eight now. And uh, yeah, this is, this is getting fun. This is really getting interesting. Um, coming up on some future episodes, uh, we have some really interesting stuff planned. Laura DiDio, we're planning on talking with her. She was involved with the Amityville haunting case. Uh, and also uh, one of the children from the Amityville, he's an adult now, he's well into his, I think, 30s or 40s now. Um, we'll be uh, trying to have that interview set up here very soon. Been working on that for, uh, for quite some time. And uh, hopefully we can... Uh, get that on a uh, episode in the fairly near future. Uh, to start off today's show, let's kick it off with a uh, listener call and a real ghost story from that end of things. And then we'll get to uh, some of these ghost stories that have been submitted to us uh, over the past couple of years. Hi, you are on the air with Real Ghost Stories Online. What's your story? Okay, about uh, 10 years ago, my father had passed away. And him and I, we uh, did a lot of woodworking together out in the shop. And uh, him and I were the only ones that had the keys to the to the shop. Yeah. And he had passed away. And there was a project that I was working on that I had sitting on the workbench. It was all drawn out. It just had to be cut out and put together and everything else. Yeah. And it was sitting on the workbench. And the day that he died, I went into the workshop and just looked around and then closed it up. Mm -hmm. And then uh, about a week later, I had went back in there, and the project that I was working on that was on the workbench was moved onto the saw. Really? Now, you figure that one out. <laughs> that, that does kind of give you the creeps. Makes you really wonder, did Dad come back? Did he uh, want to help finish this this project? 
What's interesting about a lot of uh, paranormal paranormal uh, ghost stories of loved ones that I'm finding is um, sometimes it appears that there's like a window of time where the deceased loved one can show back up. You know, sometimes you have it where it's you know five, six, seven years after Pa died, but sometimes a lot of a lot of the stories that you hear it's it's very soon after the the death has occurred that they make an appearance again, almost to make their presence known. Like, hey, look, I'm over here now. It's all good. At least in most cases, you end up hearing the "it's all good." Every once in a while, we do get a call or a story, and it makes you go, okay, maybe it ain't so great wherever you ended up at. Be sure to subscribe to our show, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, whatever medium you are choosing to listen to this broadcast on. Uh, Click that subscribe button. You'll be getting new episodes. And, of course... Share the stories. Share uh, share this episode on social media, YouTube, or um, on rather Facebook or Twitter or whatever you use. LinkedIn. Uh, I kind of have some questionable uh, business uh, folks going. Really, uh, you're sharing this on LinkedIn? Wherever you're doing, uh, do share. That's the only advertising we got. It's the best kind. It's word of mouth, and we greatly appreciate it. That's what helps us. Uh, grow our show. I got these stories submitted to me a couple of times now, and I figured, yeah, we should probably read this. This person's fairly adamant on sharing the story, so here it goes. This one's from Derek. Uh, he writes, Murday. The name that was written on the box. I don't know how I found it. Me and my dad were just digging up ground to make a new foundation for the yard, and that's when I found it. Sitting there, not even two feet in the ground was a small cardboard box with the name Murday written on one of the top flaps. I didn't want to tell my dad about it for he might have discarded it, so I took it out of the ground, ran inside. Curiosity and excitement were running through my head and I couldn't wait to open it and see what was inside. As I entered my room, I sat on my bed, getting more and more excited when finally I opened it. At first I was confused. The box had nothing but dirt inside. But then I shifted through the dirt and found that things were utterly disgusting inside. The box were several dead birds, heads severed and wings twisted in ways I don't even want to describe. I didn't want to search through the box anymore, but something kept pushing me to. I shifted through some more findings in the box and discovered a document. It read, My name is Murday. And I have buried this box in hopes that someone will find it and bring my memory back to life. I buried several boxes like this one all over the country, so my memory will live on in them. If you're reading this, please spread my memory of me. Don't let me fade away. I was shocked when I read this. Millions of thoughts rushed through my head. Who was this Murday? I can't get him off my mind. I can't let his memory fade away. I won't. Find the boxes, bring the memory of Murday back to life. Very interesting. Has anyone else out there found a box labeled Murday with dead birds inside? Is this a ghost story? Is there something more sinister happening here? Or is it just the initial thoughts of a future chicken restaurant? You decide. Interesting. Nonetheless, 
Murde. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of stories of uh, pieces of art that uh, have been scattered across the country by various artists. Not nothing really paranormal about it, but kind of one of those long-lost scavenger hunts that, that folks are still going on trying to find those pieces. And of course, there's also some unexplained things out there, too, that people have no idea why they're finding them spread out all across the country. The only thing I can think of half the time is mental illness. <laughs> and I mean that with complete and utter respect. It's only in the last 50, 60 years that we've really started to grasp the concept of mental illness and what it is and, and trying to help people with it. Before then, it was just kind of like, oh, we're either going to put these people in this institutional building or kind of let them run free. And you have to wonder, some of these things that are buried, like the Murday box, maybe it was just simply done by someone with a mental illness. Never know. It could be more behind that. Yeah. Let's go to a, another Real Ghost Story caller here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. Hello, you are on the air. I was out at my grandma and grandpa's, and they live out in the country. And where their house was, it used to be a hotel, but it burned down one night. Mm-hmm. And so we were out one night really late, and we had just got done playing Ghost in the Graveyard, and we thought it'd be fun to play a little basketball in the dark. And so we were out there playing, and the ball went out into the bushes, and I was, like, so freaked out because we just got done playing that game. And everybody's like, oh, you go get it, you go get it. I'm like, no way, guys. And they're like, yeah, you go get it, come on, it'll be awesome. And I'm like, all right. So I go to get it, and I see this, like, white figure, like, maybe 10 yards in front of me, and I screamed, and I ran away. And they're like, where's the ball? I'm like, no way, guys. And I ran into the house crying. I know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still kind of freaked out. You know, it's one of those things where you have the, the childhood imagination halfway playing into this, and you also wonder, did she actually actually see something? A lot of stories that we get from, from kids that are sharing a ghost story we never really hit the air with because you can tell that the kids are just kind of throwing it out there and they're making it up as they go. That one, though, there was something about her story where you just... I really kind of believed her. She believed her that she believed what she saw, that there was this image or this figure that was out there that she believed she saw when she was out playing with her friends. I remember as a a kid and I, I can still picture what I saw, and I know it was my imagination going wild, but I, to this day, have the images in my mind of what I was seeing, and this is silly because it was a... uh, it was the early 90s, and uh, I, I'd finally convinced my mom to let us rent on VHS cassette a uh, thriller. Yeah, I mean, I love Michael Jackson, but I wanted to see the music video. It was at the video store. Can we get it? Can we get it? Can we get it? Finally, after pleading, it's going to give you nightmares, she gave in. Let me rent it. So I'm sitting there, and I love spooky stuff as a little kid, and I'm watching it over. Rewind. Watch it over. Rewind. Watch it over again and again and again and then finally one night I'm supposed to go to bed and I am seeing the zombies around my house I can vividly remember looking up to the top of the staircase as a child and up at that top of the staircase I see the figure that looks like the the Michael Jackson zombie character in Thriller. Then I look down the hall, and in front of another door is another zombie, and another door, another zombie, and they're just standing there. And I screamed, and I was freaked out, 
course, I don't believe my house was haunted. I don't believe it was anything paranormal going on other than my very, very active childhood imagination running rampant. But you do have to wonder sometimes. My little one right now, she's about one and a half, and she's always pointing at things that aren't there. You know, it makes you wonder, is is she seeing something that's not there, or is she just pointing because she likes to point? Sometimes you never really know. It's, it's even more kind of creepy when you have a little one that's learning to talk. And she'll talk to, to objects or you, and that's normal. But then suddenly she'll just look the other way to the non-existent person on the couch next to you and start holding the conversation with that person. And you're wondering, what? What's triggering this? Is there something going on there? Is there another figure there in her mind? You never really know. Share your ghost stories with us. Real Ghost Stories Online is a place to do that. RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, the website. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you may be listening to our show right now. Let's go to another real ghost story. Hi, you're on there. There was an old mansion where I used to live in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. And so there was about three or four of us that got together. And every now and then the person that caretaker of it, they'd let us go through. Well, we happened to find this one door and it was, you would have never noticed it was a, you know, what what's the word I want to use? It was, uh, it looked like the wall, but we pressed it and there was a wall and it opened up and we went through this little alleyway like in behind the wall sure so it was it, it was a secret door yeah and oh my god we we were walking through it it gives me goosebumps thinking about it and there was cobwebs hanging down and everything and we got halfway through uh the little hallway and all of a sudden our because we had like a flashlight our flashlight went out now it's battery operated it mm-hmm. went out and there was a breeze. You could feel it. It didn't take us long to get out of there. And we you were know. in a confined area where there wouldn't have been a way for a breeze to come in. No, there wasn't. That's it, that's very spooky. spooky. And especially with a flashlight going out, because that's one of those things you always hear of. If there's some sort of energy or entity in the area, it, it just sucks all the, the life out of, out of electronic devices, especially batteries. And it did. It just went off. And and then when we turned around, we started running backward. We'd come through, and we were, oh, I, I'd say maybe 20 feet from where we come in, the light come back on. It was like, oh, no, you ain't coming through here. You know? <laughs> it was spooky. I mean, it was crazy. And I was, I was probably about 14 at the time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it still sticks with you. It's like, oh, my God, you're going through this secret, you know, hallway in behind everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, your light goes off. And there was about four of us girls, my sisters and a friend of ours. And then, I mean, there was no way nobody could have done that. You know, I mean, because we thought about it afterwards. But was there somebody in there? How would it do the flashlight? I wonder if whatever it was was trying to keep you away from something, and and what what was it? Yeah, and we still to this day we never went back. 
You always wonder, you know, you look back on, again, the childhood ghost stories, and you wonder, what was that that we experienced? Always, um, you know, one of those things you'll never really fully know. Got a listener-submitted ghost story here. Before we get to that one, I, of course, want to remind you again, uh, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube, wherever you may be listening to us. If you're finding us on another platform, click the subscribe button. Every little bit helps, and do share uh, our shows on Facebook and Twitter. Let other folks know that we exist and uh, that uh, that you're enjoying the show. And if you uh, would also like to, uh, a little comment. We appreciate that on whatever platform you're on. Stitcher, iTunes, just going, hey, good show. Or if you absolutely hate us and you uh, wish that we would just drop dead, go ahead, leave that comment too. Every little bit helps, even if you absolutely hate us with a passion. But of course... You know, paying it forward, being nice, positivity, that's always uh, a good thing. Here's a, another uh, listener-submitted ghost story. This is uh, <clears throat> written into us. It starts, When I was eight years old, my family lived in an apartment complex. It was a two-bedroom apartment, and there wasn't anything suspicious about it that would insinuate anything bad ever taking place there. My story takes place one night when my sister and I went to bed. We shared a room with a wooden set of bunk beds. She had the top bunk and I had the bottom. This night was like any other, and the last thing I remembered was falling asleep with her bedroom door open and the light from the living room still providing lights to the room. I woke up what had to be hours later. Our bedroom door was now shut and judging by no light being seen through the crack under the door, I assumed my parents had gone to bed. I was in faced with One mystery. What had awoken me? I glanced around the dark room, barely lit by the streetlights from outside. It was then at this point that I heard the crinkling of candy wrappers under my bed. I was like any other kid with junk under the bed, and I had not thrown away the empty Smarties wrappers when I'd finished them. They had been stashed under the bed, and now for some reason, something was playing with them. I lay there. Hearing the noise, suddenly, it stopped. It was at this point that I heard a kind of scratching or crawling at my wooden headboard. As soon as this registered, I then heard the Smarties wrapper crinkling once again. In a fleeting moment of relief, I then reached the conclusion that it was our cat, Booty. I assumed he'd been accidentally locked in our room when my parents had shut our door and was entertaining himself under my bed. I reached down into the space between my bed and the wall, and my hand touched the carpet below. I only did this because, once again, before this night, I had never encountered anything scary and rather enjoyed spooky things, not knowing that I would encounter something beyond terrifying. My hand roved around the for the fur coat of my mischievous cat. However, it came into contact with something else entirely. I felt a hand, a human hand, one the size considerably bigger than mine. It was pressed down upon the carpet, and I flicked the middle against the carpet. Twice. I yanked my hand up and braced myself against my headboard, horrified. Then, in another hopeful moment of relief, I came to another conclusion. Amanda! I cried. Get out from under my bed now! My big sister loved to play pranks on me and loved entertaining at my expense, like any other sibling. 
I'm not under the bed, she called back. Prove it, I demanded. And her arm came down from above me, proving that in fact she was not under the bed. I was terrified. I didn't know what to think. I decided I should sleep it off and wait till morning. Unfortunately, fate would not have it that way. The crawling continued on the wooden headboard, and then came a knocking. Knock, 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 knock. In a terrifying moment, my eyes darted to the foot of my bed, where a hand rose into view. Wiggling the fingers slightly, it was every child's worst nightmare come to life. I screamed in absolute horror, the loudest I've screamed in my entire life, and ran from my bed. I didn't look back nor even consider it as I reached my door and threw it open. My sister was sitting up and screaming as well in panic from my own actions. I ran into my parents' room right next to ours and launched myself onto the bed and shook them violently awake. Upon them waking, the only thing I could cry was simple, There's something under my bed! My parents rushed to my room and flicked on the lights. I stood behind them as my mom claimed my sister, called my sister, and my dad searched the room, the closet, and subsequently the entire apartment. Was it a burglar? Some kind of intruder? A rodent? I couldn't find any of the above. All of the windows were locked and shut, as was the door. There would have been no way whatsoever for an intruder to escape had one been in my room under my bed at all very unlikely knowing he had two panicking children on his hands my dad knew he had to think of something to calm us he disappeared from the room once more and reappeared shortly after holding our cat Booney in his hands it was just a cat guys he soothed it was just this little guy I was eight years old and eager to believe anything and somehow some way he was able to coax us back to sleep but only out in the living room for the night. Nothing else happened that night, and the long-awaited dawn arrived. Going forward, I dreaded sleeping in that room. I remember being on vacation and absolutely dreading coming home to that apartment. Needless to say, I was elated the day we finally moved out. I am without a doubt convinced there was something evil in that room, and the incident remains unsolved this day my story has not changed one bit of course there will always be skeptics who question my account of events sometimes some of us need to actually experience something to believe it and that's okay with those of us who have experienced the paranormal and beyond because we know what we saw heard and believe and that's all that matters in the end but i do know this of any skeptics there may be my dad is not one of them i'm 26 years old now an older age to where he feels comfortable telling me that it was not the cat that night. He knows this because the cat had actually been sleeping in their bed when I came bolting in. In fact, he remains puzzled about what actually happened that night. He believes me because he cannot explain it himself. But he saw the same effect that night and what it had on his son. An effect that's enough to assure him that it wasn't a dream or a case of a child just seeing things. Good story. That's one of those where you go, wow. What exactly happened in that apartment that night? 
If you have a ghost story you'd like to share with us, we, of course, encourage you to do that at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, you just uh, go to our website, which is, of course, is realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, click on that to share your ghost story with us, and we may uh, share it on a future episode. Be sure to subscribe to our uh, show and share it. Share the love. Tell your friends. Tell the other folks that uh, you uh, are uh, in contact with in uh, this world uh, on Facebook or Twitter. Let them know that, hey, I found this really kind of cool ghost show. And uh, you may like it, too. Also, uh, we have a lot of uh, good shows in our archive. If you're just discovering us for the first time, you're probably uh, getting it because it's uh, one of the latest shows that's out there at this moment in time. But if you look back on our archive on iTunes or Stitcher or YouTube, you will find uh, some other really good shows and really good interviews. Uh, we talked with uh, Andrea Perrin uh, earlier uh, last year, actually late last year, about The Conjuring. Now, Andrea is one of the children that's portrayed in the movie The Conjuring. And if you saw The Conjuring, you know what I'm talking about. That is one of the scariest ghost movies that has been produced uh, in the last, gosh, I don't know, 20 years? It has to be. It, it, and it's right up there in line with, I, I think it's better than than some of the, even the older ones. Like, you know, The Omen, uh, The Exorcist, one, you know, things like Amityville Horror. It's right in line in my book of, of paranormal stories with the Amityville Horror. And if you really get into it, and you really uh, research that case even more um, of what The Conjuring is based on, uh, you'll discover that that is one creepy, messed up ghost story. Uh, it's something where they they dealt with that ghost much longer uh, than just what is portrayed in the movie. It's not uh, they, the, the Warrens had just come in, get rid of the ghosts, and then everything was fine and dandy. They were living in that house for many, 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 many years, almost making peace, if you will, with the paranormal activity, but still being haunted by it. Almost every single day. Um, Andrea Perrin, uh, who we talked to, wrote a, a, a series of books, three books, uh, House of Darkness, House of Light, uh, which you can uh, check out. I believe you can get them through Amazon. Um, and you can also find a link on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And it, it details through three books uh, what life was like in that house. Uh, growing up for all those years. It's a two-part interview uh, and very interesting. We, we talk about everything that happened in the movie The Conjuring and uh, what really happened in real life. And it's one of those ghost stories where reality is a little bit scarier than fiction. And that's saying something because that was a scary movie. That was a very, very scary movie so anyway, check it out it's in our archives at realghoststoriesonline.com or on our podcast archive on itunes or stitcher or youtube let's go to a caller story hi you're on real ghost stories online uh we have a cabin up in price county in wisconsin and there's a story about the cabin that we have that there was a guy that died in it and one night me and my cousins went down in the basement just to see if we could find anything. And all of a sudden, we saw in the corner of our eyes a white glow, and we both looked, and there was a ghost standing there. He was ha- handling an axe, and he was like, and then we all of a sudden we heard a voice, and he's like, get out and all that crap. And then we got, later that night, we all went to sleep. And where the cabin is, there's no power, so there's no lights or anything when it's dark, when it's uh, all, yeah, that's it. And uh, when 
you know you have you know there's someone watching you and all of a sudden I open my eyes when I'm sleeping and there's this face looking right at me and scared the crap out of me. I can imagine something like that would uh, would have that effect. Um, and, and with all due respect, though, you do have to wonder uh, uh, with the tone of that story if uh, maybe there might have been a little bit of PBR involved. <laughs> that maybe or maybe not uh, influenced the story somehow. I don't know. Although you do have to wonder um, if, uh, on a serious note, if um, if paranormal activity uh, or negative energy can be brought on by uh, a consumption of alcohol. And I'm not, in reality, in, inferring that maybe this guy was drunk or anything like that, but um, just on a theoretical level, uh, there, there are stories where, you know, people claim... Uh, you know, this after so much alcohol, uh, obviously you can get fairly drunk, that it, uh, the, the individual started really acting not, I mean, they, you know, you can act like a different person, but beyond a different person, almost an evil overtaking them uh, after consuming so much. And you have to wonder what, uh, what level of reality is uh, behind something like that when when that happens and we've all seen drunk people many of us have been drunk people but then there's that level of this person is is really i don't know this doesn't seem like they're drunk it seems like there might be something else going on there be sure to subscribe to us on itunes stitcher youtube wherever you're at and if you got a good ghost story share it with us we love your ghost stories at realghoststoriesonline.com. And of course, share the love, share our website, share our ghost stories on social media so other folks know and can start uh, following us. We can grow our audience even bigger. And uh, that, that certainly helps out our show. We really do uh, appreciate it. Do this for free as often as we can and uh, just have a lot of fun with it. And I really do appreciate your support with the show. Got another listener-submitted ghost story here. And... Uh, Let's do a little change in music for this one, shall we? Let's uh, let's do this one. All right, here we go. Listener submitted ghost story from Real Ghost Stories Online. Online. When I was eighteen, just before going away to college, my cousin and I decided to have one more camping trip on my uncle's property. My uncle lives on top of a large hill, almost a mountain, and wrapping around the base of the hill is a large creek. We decided to set up camp next to the creek on the back side, further side from other people of the hill. There was four of us, and we made it down via ATV a few hours before the sun went down. Some important things to note are that our campsite is right next to the creek and about 250 yards away from two long curving train tunnels that run under an aforementioned hill. As the sun went down, my cousin and I decided to try our luck spotlighting fish in the creek. Unfortunately for us, there were no fish in a place normally filled with them. The first occurrence started when we noticed that every time we shut off our spotlight, we would hear whoosh, whoosh, whoosh through the water. We would then turn our light back on, and the sound stopped, with the waves coming from the disturbance were huge, definitely not fish causing this. My cousin and I looked at each other, obviously, 
perturbed, but decided not to tell the other two. Rejoining them at the campfire, we noticed it was very quiet in the woods that night. Normally, it's very loud out there at night. It was then that the second of the almost worst experience happened. We started hearing what sounded like whispers echoing, echoing off the hill. Couldn't quite make out what they were saying, but almost sounded like, Why are they here? Very, very quietly in the distance. This sound repeated itself for a long period of time. Then suddenly a very loud bang arose as an old tree fell over nearby. It was shortly after that a large gust of wind came through and almost blew our rather large fire out. It was at this point we were freaked out and decided to leave. It is also at this point the scariest things happened. I was first to move towards the ATV to start it up, and I was frozen to the spot where I stood. Standing next to the ATV, more like hovering, was a dark shadow of a man. I only knew it was there because it was darker than the night behind it. It almost radiated darkness. My cousin and company caught up to me at this point and were likewise frozen. We all saw it. Finally, through the paralysis, one of us let out a scream, and the shadow flashed back toward the train tunnels. Our route up the hill, of course, took us right past the train tunnel. Passing by it, nothing happens. It was until we were in the middle of the woods on the trail up the hill that the girl standing on the back lets out a scream and starts yelling us, Go faster! I did not look behind me at this point as I was driving up the hill at a very, very high rate of speed. Both people sitting on the back said they saw the dark shadow with large, wide-open white eyes. And they were not there when we all saw it at the campsite, peeking out from behind the trees as we went up the hill. It did not follow us past an old slave graveyard, which is near the trail. Yes, slaves were killed building those tunnels and buried in graves. A woman and her son were drowned in the creek in a canoe incident. Many things happened in the area around that campsite we chose, and we never knew it until later. That is a creepy story. And when you hear about dark energy and dark entities and those figures that... That was very well described. It stood out because it was darker than the night. Those are things you don't want to mess with. You don't want to go, Hey, how are you? Why don't you come over here? Look, a ghost. How are you? Uh, yeah, that's where it, it gets really creepy. One of the uh, most bizarre things I've, I've ever seen uh, in uh, a, an antique store, and this relates to this story because we're talking about a slave graveyard, was slave gravestones. Why on earth this would exist in an antique store is beyond me. Uh, I was in an antique store. It was in Wisconsin. I believe it was in uh, I believe it was in Princeton, Wisconsin, and it said it was in a glass case, and they were just little uh, stone markings. They didn't look like regular, as you would imagine, like R.I.P. gravestones. They were essentially rocks that were had a little bit of carving done onto them to mark 
uh, a, a burial site for for an individual. And I asked what they were because they they just I didn't know they were very bizarre looking. Oh, those are slave gravestones. Why would you have a slave gravestone in your antique store? Now, obviously, it belonged to whoever had that booth, but where, I mean, I, I guess I can answer where you would get it. You would probably find it on the ground and pick it up and take it with you. But the energy that's associated with something like that, why, I mean, I guess there's fairly dark arts, then that's probably an application of why you would buy it. I'm kind of answering my questions as I go along here. I'm thinking, why would you buy that? Well, if you were into satanic rituals and you wanted a, you know, there you go. That's why why you'd buy it. But uh, to a sane individual, I can't imagine that uh, wanting to be part of any sort of historic collection in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Just not something I think I want to uh, add to my collection of uh, relics, if you will. I don't think I really hold a collection of relics other than uh, I have a box of Stay Puft marshmallows up on my, uh, my desk over here. <laughs> that were said to me several years back. And they're caffeinated, by the way, so really want to get uh, hyper have some stay puff marshmallows anyway that does it for our show today of real ghost stories online i'm tony bruski thank you so much for listening again be sure to subscribe to us on itunes stitcher youtube wherever you're listening to us and share the love share this story uh share this podcast on your facebook page on twitter let other people know about our show the more people we can get into the show the bigger our show can get the better guests we can get And uh, the more fun we can have with this as we uh, grow the show throughout the coming years. From realghoststoriesonline.com, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thank you for listening. Thank you.